Welcome to the Home Inspector Marketing Podcast. Because you're a home inspector looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line, you are in the right place. For additional training resources on how you can grow your home inspection business, go to microreturns.com right now. And now, here's the podcast. Hi, this is Mike Crow, and I run a home inspection business. In fact, I've run a couple of home inspection businesses. The true joy for me, though, has been helping literally thousands of home inspectors build really solid home inspection businesses as well. We can help a single man operation be able to do over $300,000 a year, maybe all the way up to $400,000 a year as a single inspector operation. Even better for me is the 80 plus companies that we have helped be able to build million dollar home inspection businesses. I would like to help you be able to do the same thing. The future depends on what you do now. You wanna have fast revenue growth. These six things are important. This is what future stands for, F-U-T-U-R-E, future. Fast revenue growth. It all starts with fast revenue growth. If you don't have money coming in, nothing else happens. So when people tell me I don't need money, I don't need more inspections, you know what I like to tell people is that my dad once said, and we heard this from a speaker, and I don't like the saying, but it makes a point. You can lie to your employees sometimes, You can lie to your vendors sometimes, but don't lie to yourself. Now the truth is me and dad hate lying, period. But don't lie to yourself. Don't tell yourself, I don't need more inspections. Can you imagine? Go ahead, look in the mirror and say that to yourself with a straight face. I don't need more inspections. How long do you think it'll be before you don't have enough inspections if that's the crap you're feeding your brain? We all need to make sure we're taking care of the inspections. And then with that comes usurping market share. It took us two hours to come up with the word usurp. (laughs) We went through every dictionary, looking at everything, and when I saw usurp, I went, that is it. I am taking market share from anybody and everybody. And unless you have 30% market share in your area, and by the way, if you do, then we need to expand your area. But unless you have 30% in your area, you got market share to suck up, okay? And I have have no hard feelings towards my competition, none whatsoever. Sometimes people say, man, you're mean. I am not. I am willing to give them a job any day of the week. (laughs) Absolutely. So you start market share. You should be measuring your market share. I loved watching TechInspect go from 1% to 2% to 3% to 5%. We are now at 7% of market share. I want 20 minimum, okay? Now, tackle and mitigate risk. I'm gonna tell you a secret. My dad taught me a couple of these six items and I learned them. And I went to college and got a marketing degree and I learned a couple more of them. And then I heard this guy speak and I realized there's six of them. He says, there's six things you have to do to grow a stable, successful business. One of the ones I missed was tackling and mitigating risk. 
I had an inspector come into town, start doing color photos. I had agents literally go, hey, look, he's doing color photos. And I'd go, yeah, but we don't want to do those because. And then I made every stupid excuse. And we all know now color photos is like, if you're not doing them, like, oh my gosh. Okay, but he was the first one to do them. And, but I ignored him. I ignored the risk. And before I knew it, he had six inspectors. Okay. And by the way, when I went and spoke 15 years ago, he was sitting on the front row, and then he went back and kicked my butt some more. Okay? You've got to tackle and mitigate risk. You've got to see it coming. You've got to be able to step aside. Dad and I used to say there's a silver bullet in full swing, and it's headed our direction. Okay. Did you get that? Here, let me try again. There's a silver bullet coming my direction. Okay. Anybody ever watch Rockford Files? Used to watch a lot of Rockford Files, too. Hogan's here at Rockford Files. I think they have something in common. I'm not sure. But at one point, the doctor is fixing him and goes, man, two inches to the left and you'd be dead. And he said, two inches to the right, they would have missed me completely. <laughs> you got to tackle and mitigate risk. Then you've got to upgrade talent yearly. One of my best friends runs a $100 million company. I love this guy. We talk, we share, we hug. And he said 10 years ago, he said to the company he was growing, I will not be the CEO you need 10 years from now. But I am going to become the CEO you need 10 years from now. I was not the person that needed to be able to do what this community is doing today 15 years ago. But every day I work on becoming the leader this community needs to be able to make sure we help people help themselves and others. And by the way, my coaches guide me sometimes on that. At some point you need to stop being an inspector and start running the business. So it's kind of a tough thing, but you've got to update your talent yearly. Then you need to make sure you have rewarding, profitable growth. Now I'm gonna tell you this was number six. This was, this was the, the second one that I did not really focus on. I'm not money oriented. I've never been money oriented. I've been people oriented. But I think Mark Victor Hansen said it the best. The best thing you can do for the poor is not be one of them. The more money you make, the more people you can help. That was my version of that. And I've lived by that my entire life. Now I will tell you that every now and then you need a lot of money to move something, some leverage. And then the last one, and this is one I kind of knew and I've been learning over the years. You have to engineer culture and stay on purpose. You have to engineer culture and stay on purpose. You engineer culture by some of the signage you have hanging in your, your office. We visited Jerry's office and it was so motivational. We went back after we visited his office. I said, I'm not gonna ask you what's one thing you learned. I wanna ask you what's one thing you read on his walls that inspired you. There were so many, nobody did a repeat. What do you keep in front of you to inspire you? My office has all kinds of things hanging there to inspire me. Some of them are pictures. 
My dad gave me this cool little thing of a guy in business that has all these file drawers open and everything. I have that framed. One of my people framed it for me and hanging on my wall so I see it every day. When you come to tax inspector, you're going to see one whole wall of stuff that I stored from start to finish. In fact, I think I have it here with me. I think I have our very first Christmas card that we sent out, which was hand drawn by my dad. But we saved it because that's part of our culture. And one of the things that you want to do is understand where your past was so that you can move on to your future. So those are kind of important things. Now, I want to introduce you to a new word that Jonathan introduced me to. Jonathan, how do you say this word? Say kojo. Say kojo. Now, here's the thing is, Jonathan decided he wanted to learn how to speak Japanese. It's a pretty cool thing. So he started listening to this pod, listening and teaching him, and he taught me this word, say kojo. We went to Walt Disney World, and there were Japanese people in line. I said, I just want to find out. Do you know what the word Seikojo means? And they looked at me like, never heard that. <laughs> okay. Japanese people in life. Got this word that I heard from somebody that's studying Japanese, Seikojo. You never heard of that? Never heard of that. <laughs> Got this word that somebody taught me, Seikojo. You ever heard of that? Never heard of that. Jonathan. You just embarrassed me, son, okay? Say, Kojo doesn't look, exist, does it? The guy, I thought he was pulling a quick one on me. So we went back and listened to the podcast. It does exist, say, Kojo. Now, if I went to somebody, all right, so there's some young people in here. Zach, if I said, that is fly, do you know what I mean? Stand up, tell everybody. That is fly means that is awesome. How many people did not know that? Can I see a show of hands? Some of you just don't want to admit it. I get it, it's okay. <laughs> I want you to know we hired a young lady at the office the other day and we were filming, me and my dad, that scene with the shoes and all that. And she went by and went, you are fly. And I went, thank you so much. Because I have younger kids that taught me what that meant. But if I were to go ask a hundred people, do you know what, if I were to say you are a fly, nobody would know what it means. By the way, uh, during my dad's years, I, I don't know what it was, okay? But it went from groovy to cool to you were the bomb, okay? That is fly, okay? And by the way, there's others out there that I'm not even gonna try to embarrass myself by messing up. Seikojo means hitting on all cylinders. Seikojo means hitting on all cylinders. How many of you remember your very first car? There's mine. My dad helped me buy that. I remember that car. <laughs> My dad helped me buy that. I paid, I think, $300 cash for it. Susan used to call it dirty diaper yellow. but she dated me in it. And every six months, I had to change the spark plugs out on that because the spark plugs would stop working properly. Do you know what it's like to drive a car when one of the spark plugs is not working? Okay, it's not fun. Now imagine if two of the spark plugs ain't working. How many of the spark plugs do you have to stop working before the car won't start? 
probably two, three. And so I used to carry extra park plugs in the trunk of the car just so I could change them out sometimes after school, okay? I know what a spark plug socket looks like. I see one today, I go, ooh, spark plug socket. <laughs> it's a very specialized socket, all right? You need to be hitting on all cylinders. You need all six of those items in your business. Does that make sense? So you need fast revenue growth. You need to be taking market share. You need to tackle and mitigate risk. You need to upgrade talent yearly. You need rewarding profitable growth and you need to engineer culture and all that good stuff. Are we making sense, guys? We hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as a friendly reminder, if you're looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line as a home inspector, go to microreturns.com right now.